This is episode 52, The Anointed One. Welcome to the Perspective Detective Podcast, where you are joining me on a quest to seek the Lord's perspective and to bridge faith with the life coaching tools that I have gathered and self-help knowledge, to find joy and freedom in living in our true identity and in improving our relationships with others. Let's begin. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. So one of my focuses for this year, to make this my best year yet, is to study the names of Jesus Christ, both to get to know him better, but also to gain a perspective on what knowing his different names can mean for myself and my baptismal covenants, the one to take upon me the name of Christ. Um, so this idea came from a conference talk in October by Jonathan Schmidt called That They Might Know Thee, where he introduces this idea of looking at the different names of Christ and the corresponding attributes and learning to adopt those attributes. So all throughout the year, I plan on having this as kind of an ongoing series as I learn little by little of the names of Christ and the corresponding attributes or actions like meanings and applications. My goal is always being to find perspective that brings in more grace and love in the growth process and perhaps to understand and see like this grand picture in life all through studying the names of Jesus. I'm really excited for this journey and I hope you find it also delightful and as enlightening as I do. And yes, I did purposely use both of those words because they have light in them, light being as Christ is the light of the world. Okay, sorry, I have to explain my puns, apparently. (laughs) Um, So I have no particular order here, Um, but I did choose the first one to share of Jesus Christ, the anointed, as it starts with A, but I'm not gonna do this alphabetical always. (laughs) It just happens to be the first one starts with A, the anointed. Um, So I didn't know that Messiah meant the anointed one. And it's actually fascinating to me how many of these things that I have missed, even though I've been a Christian my whole life, regularly learning about Jesus. And I don't point that fact out because I'm like disappointed in myself or my gospel education or anything like that. I'm not like, how did I miss that? Um, But rather, I find it interesting because I want to shine a light on Truly how exciting it is to me that there's always more to learn. There's always more. There's always new insights available that the Lord has to offer us as we continually evolve and open up to seeing more of him. So truly we are given knowledge line upon line, precept upon precept. Really, this principle is one that I wish that I could just gift everyone as a vote for more grace for yourself right where you are, because you're just learning little by little, building upon and building upon the more that you are ready to know, that you want to know, that you're seeking for or need. Okay, so I actually ended up studying just two scriptures for this name, the anointed, and they're basically the same, but I found so many applications that I felt it was really sufficient. And Also, side note, I really want you to bear with me, okay? This is not going to be some kind of Sunday school lesson. I know with this introduction, what I'm talking about, it sounds like, oh, she's just going to teach me a Sunday school lesson. No, this is still Life Coach Sabrina broadcasting here today, okay? Um, But 
The first is, so Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Okay, and then the second scripture is Luke 4, chapter 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Okay, so like I said, these are basically the same scripture, and they are the same on purpose, because the second one from the New Testament in Luke, Luke's account, this is what Jesus read to the Jewish congregation when he announced, this is the day that scripture, the one in Isaiah, has been fulfilled. But I really, I like the slight differences. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pick and choose as we go here. Um, So it's easy for me to read these scriptures and see how Jesus Christ is all of those things. But like I said, this isn't a podcast necessarily about who Christ is, but rather how we can be like him and how we are already like him. One of the tools that I love to use and teach in um, in coaching and self-development is looking for evidence of how something is already true to give you motivation, inspiration, um, show your brain that it's easy, that you can do more of that, okay? So I really love to look for ways in which I am already where I want to be, even if it's just in like tiny ways. This really is a powerful tool for both having more grace and empowerment. And I think it's kind of cool that those are going together, like using the same tool to go together. Um, It's also a powerful tool, like I said, for motivation and creation. So most people have kind of this ongoing record track playing in their minds of insufficiency, right? I'm not there yet. I'm not good enough. It could look like I yell too much. I judge too quickly or it's so dumb that I do this or it's so like, what's, what's wrong with me, right? I hear this all the time. And if you really start listening to yourself, then you will find like what the most common theme is for that soundtrack in your brain of maybe insufficiency. What does that sound like for you? Unfortunately, when we continue to play that track, then that's the kind of things that we continue to end up doing. If I'm telling myself that I yell too much, it's just going to cause me to keep yelling and have a short supply of patience. Um, However, when we can find evidence of seeing that we are good, that we are who we want to be, even in small ways, then it helps to reinforce the programming that you want to have in your mind, that you want to have in your life. It really helps to change that ongoing record track in our minds to one of I'm doing my best. I am on the right path. I am a good mom. I am a good friend. I am a good wife. I am a good daughter. I am learning. I am growing. I am loving. I am believing. I am making a difference. I am achieving. Now that I'm saying all these I am statements, I think my next my next podcast will be the great I am. Because <laughs> that is that's a great topic. Um Okay, but coming back to these scriptures about the Messiah, the anointed one. So in both Isaiah and Luke, 
I broke down some of the actions that the Savior fulfilled. Okay, so the first, let's just look at the first one to preach good tidings unto the meek. So to me, this one, this is low hanging fruit here. All right. The meek are people who will listen. All right. I'm just going to ask a question. Do you tell people who will listen to you like good things? Do you ever share good news? Come on. I know you do. I know you do. All right. (laughs) So I am seeing good news shared abundantly on social media. Okay. We all have this like free, enormous audience that we can share, that we do share good tidings to all the time. And really, how amazing is it that we have platforms that make it so easy to share things that are uplifting? And if you're not on social media, do you ever share within your own families or your friend circles? Do you ever share like at dinner times or just anywhere ever, just good news? So just think about anything helpful that you've shared or mentioned. I just think of like some easy ones like, oh, hey friend, I just found this great new store. It has amazing deals. We all love saving money, right? Boom, you've shared good tidings to someone listening to you. Or people share books that have changed their lives. I see it all the time. People share recipes that bring them joy or that are just delicious or healthy or easy or cheap or whatever it is, like any of those things Those are all good news. Those are all good tidings and all good things come from God. We're meant to have joy. Where there is joy, there is the hand of God, which you play a role in bringing. You're doing it. Look for ways that you're sharing good news, good tidings, good things that will bring some kind of joy or help to somebody else. It's a Christ-like attribute. You have it. You're doing it. Okay, next to bind up the brokenhearted or to heal the brokenhearted. So while I absolutely have felt the power of the atonement of Christ bind and heal my broken heart, again, my objective with this study is to ask myself, how can I do this? How can I be like Christ or how am I like Jesus Christ? And the first thing that came to my mind just came like, boom, as a mom, I kiss a lot of (laughs) boo-boos, okay? Kids are always coming to me with a scrape or a bump and tears falling down their precious little faces. And they come to mom who can just kiss away their pain. I'm sure any mom has seen this. Child comes crying, has a little scrape on their elbow or on my my daughter today, um, she it didn't even bleed, but she was cutting something with scissors and it just pinched her finger and she was crying as it hurt and I kissed it and then she was fine. She was fine. She just needed someone (laughs) to recognize it. So I know it's really simple and I know that what Christ does for our broken hearts is a lot bigger than kissing a little pinch on a finger or kissing a scrape on an elbow And yet, the result is so similar. The child feels seen. The child feels cared for and secure. Able to get up and go play the game some more. Moms and dads, caretakers play this role all the time. How are you doing that? How are you healing or mending broken hearts? 
So some more examples that I've seen to bind and heal the brokenhearted is I see women making meals for neighbors when they're sick. I see them cleaning houses and doing yard work for couples that are struggling with illness or loss. I see the service that you do, even if if it's just a simple smile to a stranger or a word of encouragement. All of these things can have an effect on the healing process of a broken heart or someone that just needs warmth and love. You are doing it. You are doing it. You are already being like Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah. Look for it. Acknowledge it and give yourself credit. Okay, so next I've got to proclaim liberty to the captives. So I'll be honest, this one is very personal and impactful to me um, and also kind of brings up a lot of vulnerability (laughs) in my heart. Um, When I was in my hardest, like lowest time, the track that kept playing in my mind was I am a prisoner in my own life. I'm a prisoner in my own life. I felt captive to all of the to-dos and expectations of both others and of myself. And this thought really kind of held me in a depression that prevented me from living authentically, from reaching goals, or even just daring to make goals, honestly. So I realized that I was in a deep victim mentality and I had to consciously decide that I was not actually a victim to my circumstances. That all that I did, everything that I did was a choice, was my own choice. Even if that choice was motivated by fear or judgment, it was still a choice that I made. Um, Letting go of the victim mindset moves us into being a creator. And as a creator, agency becomes more clear and becomes more available. As a creator, we can move out of making decisions based in fear of judgment of ourselves or even of others' expectations. So the next thing I want to say, I don't want it to be misinterpreted. So I'm going to start with this. I firmly believe that it is through the power of Jesus Christ and his atonement that has the true ability to give us liberty from our captive state. It is because of him that we are free. However, because of agency, we also have the power within ourselves to keep us captive or to be released from captivity. It is within our agency, our actions, that we can be released from captivity. So in order to use the atonement, or rather to allow it into our lives, that decision is up to us. This is why I think it's so effective really to marry all the self-help tools with the gospel of Jesus Christ, because we are empowered to create change. That's what agency is all about. And that change happens because of the light and the atonement of Jesus Christ. That is my belief. So for me, when I was in this personal life prison sentence here, um, I could not get out until I had decided that I was going to, right? Until I had made the choice to open the doors and step out. Nobody could do that for me. It was just one baby step at a time. But all along the way, again, it had to be my choice to allow freedom into my life. 
Honestly, the prison doors are always open. The binding captivity is just waiting for us to walk out. We are anointed, empowered to find freedom within ourselves. It's an innate gift waiting for anyone, everyone to use. Okay, this last phrase, I take this one from Luke. To set at liberty them that are bruised. So here, I easily picture someone who has been bound, beaten, and then freed. And I definitely feel like I have, in, at times in my life, I've bound myself. I've beaten myself up. And then, like I said, even freed myself. So who hasn't ever? I mean, who do you know? Who hasn't held themselves back from a worthy desire? Who hasn't beaten themselves up mentally? I mean, we talked about earlier about like this, the negative track that often we often play in our minds of this insufficiency. That's just us beating ourselves up, right? We all do it to some degree, some worse than others. Um, but we all have also the ability to set ourselves free. Sometimes I think it's easier than other times. Embracing freedom comes with practice and tools and education and sometimes more effort on, on one day than on other days, but it's always there. We all have the ability to take these same attributes that follow the name of the anointed one to set at liberty. So there's some simple ways that this shows up too, right? Ways that we can do this for others. And I actually just want to ask some questions like, have you ever had compassion for someone who was struggling? Have you ever mourned with someone Have you ever held space for anyone else? Holding space is just the skill in which we simply allow another person to feel the way they do without trying to change the way that they feel. It's giving permission or liberty for another to feel bruised. So I've seen over the years that the more I allow or give liberty to my children to have their like big emotions, mad, frustrated, sad, even bored, when I, when I give them the liberty to feel those, then the quicker they recover from them. So an uh, example, a few nights ago, my five-year-old didn't want to go to bed. This is actually a pretty regular fight. She especially hates sleeping in her own bed. And I found her in her brother's bed, hiding under the blankets. And I just talked to her. I was like, hey, what's going on, baby? I don't want to go to bed. I'm sleeping here, she said. And my natural reaction is to react right like naturally like inside I'm like no you're going to your own bed that's what we do you need your sleep brother needs his sleep I need my sleep alone p.s away from you (laughs) and I'm like tired of the circus it's the end of the day like we're all tired and depleted and that's what I want to say right just go to bed and stop this fight you know it you know what you're supposed to do um but instead okay last night I had been working on this podcast. So I had these things in my mind. I was like, I'm going to give her the liberty to have her feelings. And so I just kind of repeated, oh, you don't want to sleep in your bed? She's like, no, I don't. Okay. I'm like, so is it, do you want to sleep in your brother's bed? And she said, no, I just don't want to go to bed. I'm like, oh, okay. So you're not trying to sleep in brother's bed. You just don't want to go to bed at all. You're hiding from me. Okay. Why? I asked her Why? And she said, because it's boring. And I'm like, it's boring to go to bed. Okay, yeah, I can see that for a five-year-old. Totally boring. It's so boring to go to bed. You're not playing. You're not talking to anyone. You just lay there with your eyes closed. Like, it's, it. you're right. 
it's boring. <laughs> it's true. And when I said that to her, when I just validated her feeling and let her keep it, that's when she pulled the blanket off of her face. And she just looked at me and said, mom, will you sing me a song? And she just stood up and climbed in my arms. And I just, I took her to the bathroom and we did the whole bedtime routine. And all she needed was just to be allowed to feel bored. She just needed to feel seen. So I've been doing this more and more with my kids, validating their uncomfortable emotions. And it's been amazing to watch them flip, like flip the switch, just all on their own after they've been seen. Giving them that liberty to feel negatively or badly leads to liberation from those tight, like uncomfortable feelings. It's like a magic trick that's always been there for us. So there's a book that I found called The Importance of Anointing. It's written by an evangelist minister named Kyan Swift. And he says, anointing is what empowers man or woman to function supernaturally. Anointing is that which enables you to do supernatural things. I'll be honest, sometimes <laughs> being able to pause and look at my child's perspective on why going to bed is boring takes supernatural powers. Sometimes just being able to pause and look at their perspective about why they're throwing a tantrum in the middle of the grocery store because who knows all their reasons. Sometimes it takes supernatural powers to get out of that reaction mode and to get down on their level and to be able to see them and allow them those uncomfortable and embarrassing feelings. Sometimes self-healing from a self-perceived prison takes supernatural powers, but those supernatural powers are all available to us. We just need to open the door and allow it in. So my question for you, how are you or how can you be more like the anointed one? Your work this week is to find evidence of how it's true already and watch the supernatural happen for you more and more. My friends, be watchful and stay curious. Kim, one last thing. If you like the podcast, please share it with your friends and leave me a rating and review. Um, I actually find it kind of ironic that in a podcast where I'm trying to decrease judgment, I'm asking for you to judge me <laughs> right now. Judge me in the form of reading and reviews, okay? Um, sorry, that makes me laugh. Anyway, have a great day. Leave a rating and review. Bye.